For the Lord is in his dwelling place. Let all those be silent before him. Today is June 3rd, 2020, the first Wednesday of Pentecost. And we enter the presence of God with reverence, prayer, and praise. I am the Reverend Jonathan Favors Grimes, and I am one of the ministers for our prayer service today. If you're joining us for the very first time, we are so happy that you're here with us. And if you're coming back, we're so that you glad that you have come to join us once again. As you were told earlier, we are partaking of the Lord's Supper. It is a communion service. So if you have not already, prepare your elements for taking the Lord's Supper today. There is an order of service listed in your worship guide, in your bulletin, and we ask that you direct yourself accordingly. This is a participatory service. We ask that you please recite the bolded print that is in your worship guide, listen to the scripture, listen to the sermon, and also participate in the communion prayers. There will be an opportunity for you to speak toward the end of the service. Friends, it has been a horrific few days for us all. And in light of the season of Pentecost, we still wait for that presence. We still wait for something to happen in our nation and in our government. So today, I want you to take that fresh fire and let the spirit ignite something within you to make a change, to make a change for justice, to make a change for people, and to make a change for each other. That is what God called us to do, friends. And let us do so with grace, mercy, and humility. Now that all hearts are open and all desires are known, and to whom no secrets are hid, let we have cleansed our thoughts of riots right now. And now we have come near to the one who holds us, to Jesus. And we can worship him in spirit and in truth. Let us worship God together. Let us pray, Almighty and everlasting God, who art always more ready to hear than we to pray, and who art wont to give more than either we deserve or desire. Pour down upon us the abundance of thy mercy, forgiving us those things whereof our conscience is afraid, and giving us those good things which we are not worthy to act. But through the merits and meditation of Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord. Amen. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. 
Let us prepare our hearts for the reading of God's holy word. The Psalter reading will come from Psalm 119, 49 through 72. Listen to the word of our Lord. Remember your word to your servant in which you have made me hope. This is my comfort in my distress that your promise gives me life. The arrogant utterly deride me, but I do not turn away from your law. When I think of your ordinance from of old, I can, I take comfort, O Lord. Hot indignation seizes me because of the wicked, those who forsake your law, your statues. You have been my songs. Wherever I make my home, I remember your your name in the night, O Lord, and keep your law. This blessing has fallen to me. For I have kept your precepts. The Lord is my portion. I promise to keep your words. I implore your favor with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. When I think of your ways, I turn my feet to your decrees. I hurry and do not delay to keep your commandments. Though the cords of the wicked ensnare me, I do not forget your law. At midnight, I rise to praise you because of your righteous ordinance. I am a companion of all who fear you, of those who keep your precepts. The earth, O Lord, is full of your steadfast love. Teach me your status. You have dealt with me, with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. Before I was humble, I went astray, but now I keep your word. You are good and do good. Teach me your status. The arrogant smear me with lies, but with my whole heart I keep your precepts. Their heart, their hearts are fat and gross, but I delight in your law. It is good for me that I was humble, so that I might learn your status. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. This. Is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Amen. The Hebrew lesson comes from Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. Listen to the word of the Lord. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones 
and a time to gather stories together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What gain have the workers from their toil? I've seen the business that God has given to everyone to be busy with. He has made everything suitable for its time. Moreover, he has put sense of past and future into their minds, yet they cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I know that there is nothing better for them than to be happy and enjoy themselves as long as they live. Moreover, it is God's gift that all should eat and drink and take pleasure in all their toil. I know that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. God has done this so that all should stand in awe before him. That which has already has been, that which is to be, already is. And God seeks out what has gone by. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle lesson will come from Galatians, the second chapter, verses 11 through 21. Listen to the word of the Lord. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood self-condemned. For until certain people came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But after they came, he drew back and kept himself separate for fear of the circumcision faction. And the other Jews joined him in this hypocrisy so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not acting consistently with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you compel the Gentiles to live like Jews? We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners, yet we know that a person is justified not by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. And we have come to believe in Christ Jesus so that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by doing the works of the law, because no one will be justified by the works of the law. But if in our effort to be justified in Christ, We ourselves have been found to be sinners. Is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. But if I build up again the very things that I once tore down, then I demonstrate that I am a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ and is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. 
And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God. For if justification came through the law, then Christ died for nothing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. reading of our gospel lesson is from the gospel recorded to St. John, the 11th chapter, reading verses 17 through 37. Listen to the word of our Lord. When Jesus had arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. While Mary stayed at home, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she had heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Mary, where Martha had met him. The Jews were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been there, my brother, would not have died. When Jesus saw her wiping, weeping, and the Jews came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See, how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man 
from dying. May God add his blessing to the reading and listening of his holy word. This is the gospel of Christ. Thanks be to God. And we're already at the halfway mark. There are six months left of 2020. And, hello, it'll be 2021. Just a few months ago, people were excited to see the year 2020. It was the start of a new decade, a leap year. 2020 Census, Summer Olympics, and a new presidential election. Everyone had their vision boards posted, their New Year's resolutions halfway fulfilled, and aspirations longing for the rest of the year. It's 2020, y'all. The year of 2020 vision. It was only 26 days into the new year when the world received shocking news that the legendary NBA basketball player Kobe Bryant was killed in a, in a helicopter crash, along with nine other people, one who happened to be his daughter. This news shocked the whole world. Everyone and everybody, young and old, expressed their memory of this phenomenal basketball player. And just like that, 2020 has taken a downfall. It's 2020, y'all. It's 2020. Weeks after the death of Kobe Bryant, I found myself on Ash Wednesday doing my usual that evening. I had already gone, gone to church for the morning communion Ash Wednesday service. It was cold in Atlanta, rainy, and I had already made up in my mind that I was not going back to do an evening service that night. So, as per usual, on Wednesday, I and my family, as we have done for years now, we gathered into our family room, dinner was cooked, Papa was home, and now it's time for Chicago. You know, that NBC trilogy by Dick Wolf, Chicago Med, Fire, and PD. It has become our family's Wednesday evening ritual during the fall and winter months. That very night, the episode of Chicago PD, Officer Burgess, played by Marina Gorsintia in the previous episode, had a miscarriage, to which she lost her baby, saving a young lady while on duty. In the night's episode, Officer Burgess expressed her feelings about losing her baby after hearing ex-cop Sean Roman give the eulogy at his sister's funeral. At the funeral, Burgess finds a way to get to forgive herself and later asks Officer Roman a question. 
Keeping with Roman eulogy, Burgess asks, are we required to carry pain? And are we required to carry our own pain? She asks. Now, those of you who know me and know me well knows that I love deep theological questions. I think it's the teacher in me but I love questions that make me think. So, of course, what did I do? I rewind my TV. I paused it to hear the question. And I grabbed my little blue book of questions and jotted that question down. I think Dick Wolf was was on to something that day. was Ash Wednesday, the first day of Lent. And already, a secular television show is leaving me to ponder. Are we required to carry pain? I thought to myself that night. And are we required to carry our own pain? I thought. Hmm. Thoughts began to think. And in my thoughts, I found an answer. Are we required to carry pain? Yes. Yes, we are. Are we required to carry our own pain? No. No, we're not. You see, brothers and sisters, Pain is a natural remedy of human growth. It is, according to research, an unpleasant situation and or emotional experience. Just about everyone feels pain or goes through pain. But not everyone feels pain or or goes through pain. Well, you might be asking, what do you mean by that, Reverend Jonathan? You mean to tell me that there are people who don't feel any pain at all? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. There are people who, according to research, who experience congenital insensitivity to pain, CPI. Their arm could be on fire, and they would never feel it. They could break a leg and wouldn't feel that either. Having this kind of disease can be dangerous, as you can imagine. Then, you have people who don't feel emotional pain. Their feelings are so suppressed that when an effect of a current event has happened that is close or dear to them, they're so numb that they do not have a way to express themselves, nor do they have an avenue to relate to others. See, friends, that too is a dangerous thing. In our special reading today, You find in the Gospel of John two women by the name of Mary and Martha. Now, 
The story itself is a is a pretty familiar one. If you grew up going to church or someone once told you this story, either in life or maybe you've heard it at a funeral. Mary and Martha had just lost their brother Lazarus. Lazarus had been dead for four days now until Jesus finally came to meet Filled with grief, Martha asked Jesus, Lord, if you had here, my brother would not have died. Later on in the the text, you see Martha's sister, Mary, did the very same thing. She asked, Lord, if you had been there, my brother wouldn't have died. Now, you might be wondering why I might have skipped over a few passages right now within this scripture, but I want to focus on Mary's expressions right now because Mary's expression was very deep. I think Mary is the epitome of what we all are right now. Mary was filled with grief. Mary was angry. I believe at this point, Mary was giving Jesus exactly what was on her mind. There was emphasis, and as a teacher... Anytime I see a phrase coined in a paragraph or a sentence or in a passage more than once, it is something for us to take light of, to pay attention to. Twice you see the very same sentence, but for the second time you see it expressed in a very different manner. Mary. Lord, if you had been there, my brother wouldn't have died. In this time that we're living right now and in the weeks of the current events that has occurred in our nation, I know that there are a lot of you asking the Mary question. Lord, if you had been there, This wouldn't have happened. Lord, if you had been there, my loved one wouldn't have died from this virus. Lord, if you had been there, I would have still had a job or my relationship would still be intact. Lord, if you had been there, this wouldn't have happened. Can you imagine Mary getting into Jesus' face right now. I mean, she's probably pushing him, shoving him, just like those people at those riots right now, protesting for white supremacy and police brutality, saying, Lord, if you had been there, or to the police, if you had done something, black men and black women wouldn't 
have died or going to our capital, nation's capital, to our White House, holding our political leaders charge. If you had done something, maybe these people wouldn't have died. Friends, Mary shows us exactly what it's like to grieve, exactly what it's like to feel pain. And I want you to know that whatever you are feeling, whatever you're feeling, it's okay. It is okay. You can get mad at God and tell him what is on your mind right now. It's okay. But something happened. Just as you look in the text today, you also see right after Mary made her bold expression toward Jesus. Jesus, it says in Scripture, he was deeply moved and he had compassion. And what happened next? The most powerful theological verse in the Bible, two words, Jesus wept. To put it precisely, Jesus cried. Jesus got angry. Uh-huh. Jesus gets angry when you get angry. Jesus got mad when he sees you hurt. He gets mad. When he sees you cry, he cries with you. When his brothers and sisters, black men and black girls and black women are shot down in the street for just being who they are. He cries for that. He gets angry at that. But also, I want you to know that Jesus also rejoices when you rejoice. Oh, yes, he does. There's a lot of things to be happy about now because guess what? We're still here. We're not dead. We're still here. And he rejoices over us in being here. That is a hallelujah moment right there. Hallelujah. Amen. Friends, I want you to know that Jesus feels what you're feeling. He feels what you're feeling. He knows it. He knows exactly what you're feeling. Exactly what you're feeling. So, are we required to carry pain? Yes, we are. But are we required to carry our own pain? No, we're not. And you see that in the scripture. Jesus bared Mary's pain. He felt it. He too cried. He cried also. Because he felt what she felt. Now, I'm going to go back to the very beginning of the passage where Martha said this thing. 
Lord, if you had been there, my brother wouldn't have died. You see, I think at that point, Mary, Mary, actually Martha, Martha, Martha was filled with her own grief. She wanted her brother to be there, just like Mary did. But she she had some kind of faith. You know, yeah, I know he's going to come back again. Okay, he's not going to come back now, but he's going to come back on the day when you shall raise the dead again. Sure, I guess she was living with some kind of hope there. And sometimes that's what we are. We are so optimistic that we kind of don't see the wonders of God working. Sometimes we are so blinded by our own emotion that we forget who Jesus is. Jesus later tells her in the scripture that I am the resurrection and the life. And those who believe in me and Martha believed, even though they will die, everyone who believes, everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Friends, that is the promise of Jesus Christ right there. If you believe in Jesus, though you may die, you will live with him in paradise. That is the promise. That is the promise. But in this moment, he's reminding her who he is. The one whom later on in Scripture will die. That's right. Will die and will die for all of us, friends. Yes, he will. He will die for all of us carrying the weight of all of our sins and the burdens that we bear, all the pain that we feel, he feels it when he goes to the cross. That's right. That's right. Jesus paid it all. Jesus carried the weight of pain and endured much pain when he was hung on the cross. Yeah. He was hung on the cross. And guess what? He died. He died on that cross. And people felt his pain. They grieved his loss when he died. He died and he stayed in the grave all day, morning, noon, and afternoon on Saturday. But at the crack of dawn, just when the sun was rising, Oh, the tomb was rolled away. And just when they thought he was dead, they found out he's not dead, he's alive. And he got up. He got up with strength. Oh, yeah, he got up with blood flowing through his veins. He got up with power in his body. Friends, (laughs) I remember what the hymn says. Because he lives, and that's the promise. Because he lives, we too can face tomorrow. Oh, that's a hallelujah moment there. Because he lives, all our fears are gone. And because we know who holds our future, our lives on this earth, 
our lives on this earth is worth living because Jesus lives. Oh, yeah, because Jesus lives. Friends, it might feel horrible right now, and it is horrible. And I want to let you know the way you're feeling right now, you can be in it. You'd be surprised. This nation has been had this disease or of racism and white supremacy for so long. It's been suppressed that people are now beginning to be convicted. People are now having to sit with it. Are having to sit with it. So don't be mad if if, if someone sits there and, and they don't have a word to say because. Right now, that is God's way of letting them sit in emotion. I'm talking to my white brothers and sisters, those who sit in emotion. You need to sit in emotion in order to relate to somebody. And those who go through pain, you can relate to someone who goes through a similar pain. Mm-hmm. That's right. But the one who bared the pain for us all knows. He knows. He knows how we feel. So, friends, are we required to carry pain? Yes. Yes, we are. But are we required to carry our own pain? No. No, we are not. We are called to laugh with one another, to sing praises with one another, to mourn with those who grieve, and to bear each other's burdens. Friends, when you do this, you are being your brother's and sister's keeper. May it be so. In Jesus' name, amen. We have heard the word of the Lord spoken. Now let us confess our sins unto the Almighty God. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against thee in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved thee with our whole heart, We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. Forgive us our desires for luxuries that make others do without necessity. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Forgive us our holding onto tomorrow's bread that should be shared today. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Forgive us as we forgive others, not resenting what they have, what they have, who they are, how you have gifted them. For the sake of thy Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in thy will and walk in thy ways 
to the glory of thy name. Amen. Let us pray for the whole state of Christ's church and the world. Source of our being, hear our humble cry. Holy and compassionate God, we come to you exhausted from our rage and sadness over the senseless murders of black lives. We lament that this happens over and over again, and yet we have yet to see any justice or meaningful change. We grieve with their families and loved ones, and we say and remember their names. Ahmaud Arbery, Sean Reed, Breonna Taylor, Nina Pop, Tony McDade, George Floyd, David McCatty, and the countless black men and women whose names don't make the headline news. We confess the ways in which we have failed to love our black neighbors in particular, not only in our own words and actions and microaggressions, but in failing to hold our leaders accountable. When those with privilege from the color of our skin choose to weaponize that privilege instead of doing the important work of self-reflection and anti-racism. Forgive us. When police officers use violent tactics that escalate otherwise peaceful protests and do the opposite of their duty to serve and protect, help us. When our leaders choose opportunism, narcissism, and authoritarianism over compassion, truth, and healing, Have mercy on us. God, you came to us in wind and in fire, and we need you to come again. Save us from those who have treated the wound of your people carelessly, saying peace, peace, when there is no peace. Give us the moral courage to loudly and unequivocally say that black lives matter and to stand in solidarity through protests and supporting organizations doing the critical work of advocating for change and reform. And may we all channel our collective rage and heartbreak at the ballot box and vote in our state primaries and vote in November for leaders up and down the ballot, including a president who will lead with compassion and integrity and lead us toward the change we so desperately need. God, Fill us with the fire of your Holy Spirit. Grant us wisdom and courage for the living of these days, even in our lament and our grief. And may we remember, especially now, the words of the great William Sloan Coffin. May God give you the grace to never sell yourself short, grace to risk something big for something good, and grace to remember the world is too dangerous for anything but the truth, and too small for anything but love. May it be so. Amen. Blessings and sinners for now, brothers and sisters. Friends, 
those of you who are gathered, go forth into this world with your hearts wide open to recognize the wonder and beauty of each person you meet. We go to accept the wholeness of each person, color, size, language, gender expression, sexuality, and all other wondrous forms of diversity. Go forth, prepare to recognize your own privilege, and then to leverage it to dismantle racism. Go prepared to do the work of dismantling racism. Don't give up. You will make mistakes. You will listen to people of color. But go forth and remember, black lives matter. Black lives matter. Amen. 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 It's been a wonderful time. We will gather again. It will be the third Wednesday of June, right before Father's Day. And we will be celebrating uh, emphasis on World Refugee Day. World Refugee Day. Our prayers and our service will be geared toward that. Please be in prayerful of the current events that are going on. We do need prayer. Uh, and there are people who are called to pray. So if you are one of those, go in your prayer closet. Talk to the God who is unseen but hears and knows all things and pray. Pray on the behalf of others. So we, I pray that you all have a wonderful week in the Lord. God bless you, and we will meet again. Amen. Amen. Amen.